Well, hello and welcome to the movie Paradise. I am your host, Nathaniel Molnar, and this is our spoiler discussion of the new film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I am joined today by Matt Smith. Hello. Thanks for being here. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, if you did not uh, tell from the title, this is a spoiler discussion. We are talking all things to do with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So, if you have not seen the movie yet, uh, turn off this video and you can check out our spoiler-free review uh, if you want to know my thoughts on the film. But we are going to be talking all things Spider-Man yes, into the Spider-Verse. We will be. So let's start. Matt, what were your thoughts on the movie? Yeah, this movie was really good. Like, I don't know. Like, it, like, I don't know. I feel like there's, like, movies I like. Mm-hmm. And then there's just, like, movies that when I watch them, I'm just like, this is really good the entire <laughs> time. Yeah. And from... You know, that's like uh, when I first saw Scott Pilgrim or like when I saw Black Panther. Like the movies that just have that like that feeling that you, you just know you're going to enjoy from the very beginning. And that's what I got from this movie. Yeah. Um, going into my first impressions, uh, I, I definitely share your sentiment. Yeah. I really like this movie. And going off of your point about Scott Pilgrim, uh, this very much is... I described it as the most comic book comic book movie I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah. It, it literally feels like a comic book come to life with panels and thought bubbles and sound effects. And it just, the film encapsulates so perfectly what it is like to read a comic book. And that's definitely something that Scott Pilgrim adapts. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I thought this movie did very well for yeah. an animated medium. Yeah, because obviously it's my favorite movie, Scott Pilgrim is. So when I was thinking about it, if I like take comic book here and like movie here, and I put, like, Scott Pilgrim in the middle, it's, like, there. Yeah. Like, if I can, if I can, you know, visualize a scale, it's pushing more comic like, book than I... Yeah. Like, I thought maybe Scott Pilgrim was as far as you could go, but mm-hmm. then they were just like, no, we're going to push it even more towards the comic book side. Yeah. And I think that's one of the benefits this movie has yeah, totally. for being animated. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think... We've seen so many Spider-Man movies, and we've seen so many incarnations of the character... And what when you get an animated movie like this, um, there is they did a very smart thing in that they did things with an animated movie that you could never do mm-hmm. that you we have not seen and you could never see in a live action medium in a live action film. And so the movie kind of justifies itself for being animated by doing things that we've never seen before because. This is how many, how many, we've seen three different incarnations of the character. We've had like six movies uh, with a couple other uh, appearances of Spider-Man and other movies. We've had so much Spider-Man that the question has to be asked, how can you make a new Spider-Man movie that feels different, that feels new, that feels unique? And Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse finds a way through the animation style and the medium of animation to do that and i really appreciated that about this film yeah even after uh tom holland spider-man really felt like they were like breathing new air into the hero itself and i was like wow that's incredible and then they just do it again yeah if you're a spider-man fan you're really happy these days like everyone's (laughs) doing their their best job with it so i think yeah it's pretty good now something that i was nervous about with this movie was the fact that we were going to have so many different versions of the character. We were going to have the Miles Morales Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, we were going to have Spider-Gwen. We were going to have Spider-Ham. We were going to have the anime Spider-Man character. We are going to have Spider-Man Noir. We are going to have all these different versions of Spider-Man. 
And I think it's fair to say that if you ask the average person, nobody's going to really know any of those other Spider-Man characters outside of the Peter Parker Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you ask, nine out of ten people aren't going to know Miles Morales. Nine out of ten people aren't going to know Spider-Gwen. So on and so forth. And so you run a risk of when making a film like this and including so many additional characters that nobody knows anything about, you run the risk of a film just kind of collapsing under its own weight. Especially yeah. with, uh, you know... Uh, ideas uh, from comic books that are so out there, like a multiverse. Mm -hmm. You know, a multiverse, especially in a film series that has not been established previously, this is a first film in a, a whole thing. We don't have, like, a whole cinematic universe building up to a multiverse. You're starting out with a multiverse. Yeah. And so the film run the, ran the risk of collapsing under its own weight, and I thought the filmmakers did a brilliant job in making sure everything works. And it's an accessible film. Yeah, totally. I think one thing they did a very good job was was not making it like Spider-Man Infinity War, where they wanted mm. to hit everyone at once. Yeah. It was very clear that the, the more traditional Spider-Men are, like, the main focus here. Yeah. And then the other ones just act as side characters, and I think that was the right direction to go. Yeah. Where they're all... they You get you get a ton of their character. You, you can clearly see, like the differences between them, but it's not, like, overbearing. Exactly. And I thought that was the perfect way to handle it. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to make every character doesn't have to be the lead. Yeah. And I think, I know one of my reservations when I was seeing the trailers was, I hadn't, I was, I didn't know how it was going to go with Spider-Ham. Oh, of course. I didn't know how it was going to go with the anime. I don't know uh, her character's name. I had never even heard, she was the only one I would never heard of before, as being a Spider-Man character. Um, the anime version. Uh, I didn't know how that was going to go because I thought those were two of the more uh, ridiculous, yeah, yeah, out there, more ridiculous than the other ones. And so I didn't know how it was going to go, but the filmmakers handled it so perfectly. And as you said, they weren't main characters; they're supporting yep. characters. They knew when to cut to Spider Ham and have a scene with Spider Ham, and they knew tonally, okay, a scene of comedy with this character is going to accent the heaviness of what's going on emotionally with these characters right now and the drama of the scene and the action of what's going on. If we cut the Spider-Ham right now, it'll add this much-needed uh, moment of levity into the scene. Yeah. Or if we cut to the anime Spider-Man, we know that's going to add a certain amount uh, of dimension to this scene. So they knew how to use each character. Yeah. And it never, it never slowed anything down. Like, exactly. They were there, they did their thing, they did their purpose, and then they would get out or they would go to the, you know, yeah. to the side. So when, like, the, um, my favorite of Spider-Ham was when he was fighting the, uh, the sort of, what was, what's it called? The, the thing. <laughs> what, 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 Describe what is it? it. What is it? It's, it's, it's the bug that with the piercing and it, like. Oh, Scorpion? That's Scorpion. That's yeah. what that thing is called. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God damn it. I was trying to help you <laughs> up, but you weren't giving me anything. Anything. The, scor the Scorpion. When when it when like it was like real intense and then the the anvil just falls from the the sky out yeah. of nowhere and then Spider Ham just shows up and everything changes the music changes yeah it, like it, they kind of like fade out the intense stuff and you just get the you know the cartoony you know sort of like cartoon mm -hmm. cartoon like music like you know very whimsical and he's just like he just does his thing and it and, never felt like it ruined the tone or yeah. it didn't feel like it came out of nowhere it didn't feel like it. It, it didn't stand out. Yeah. It worked because of the tone that they established yeah. with this film. And the, be I want, the good decision was that no one acknowledged it. It was yeah. just there. The only one that acknowledged it was happened 
was Spider-Ham himself, <laughs> which of course makes total sense to him. Yeah. Like, everything makes sense. Like, even when, like, he was like, here, I want you to have this hammer. It'll fit in your pocket. Mm-hmm. No one questions it. You're just like, yeah. okay, thanks. <laughs> it was it was just so perfectly well done yeah, that you great. can have those moments yeah. and it doesn't feel like it's breaching the, the nature of the tone of the film. And I, I just think they did such a great job in bringing all of these different aspects in. And even when you have Spider-Man Noir and yeah. he's like... Uh, like super dark and brooding and serious and that doesn't feel yeah. like it it that doesn't feel inconsistent with anything else the fact that you can have those scenes with spider-man noir and like you're just motioning like like i like to hold the um oh the uh i like to hold the match to see if i can still feel or what yes yeah, i like to hold the match until it burns yeah, my okay. finger so i can still feel something you know that doesn't feel inconsistent with spider-ham both can exist in this movie and they both feel consistent with the tone that's been established. And to strike that kind of tone that can have that level of nuance and that level of um, that deviation, that's just, that's brilliant. And mm-hmm. so I thought they did a great job. And I loved how Miles Morales was the lead of this movie. Great. I thought he was the perfect character to lead this film. And I've never been a huge Miles Morales fan myself. Um, I've just never honestly cared because he only came about maybe four or five years ago yeah i've always been a spider-man fan but you know for me and i think for most people who see this movie peter parker is spider-man yeah i've never like i'm not a big comic book person like Mm -hmm. i like i like the idea of comic books i've never like dove in real deep to them so uh, yeah i'm definitely of the camp that like but peter parker is spider-man yeah and like you tell me there's other spider-man like what do you mean See, and I know when they were um, casting Spider-Man for the MCU, when they were going to do uh, Civil War and they were going to do Homecoming, I know a lot of people were pushing for, let's get Miles Morales to be Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And I always said, no, hell no, because Miles Morales has had, th- at that time, like three years of development and story building and character building, whereas Peter Parker has had 60 years of yeah. comic book storylines. So there's a lot more depth to the character of Peter Parker and Miles Morales. But for something like this, it was the perfect decision to make yeah. Miles Morales your center because you were able to still tell the classic origin story. Multiple of, times. Exactly. <laughs> but you were able to tell that classic story of a kid gets bitten by a radioactive spider, starts to discover his powers and figure out what it's like to be a superhero. You can do that with the Miles Morales character, but also still have your Spider-Man who's been around for 20 years. Yeah, and the reason they can do this is because, you know, they have multiple Spider-Men on screen. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you don't know, if you're like me, who doesn't know who Miles was, you know, you'd never heard of him before, you still have the Spider-Man you know yeah. and that you're, you're comfortable with. You don't get this feeling of, like, you, you feel like you don't belong because you don't know what's mm-hmm. going on. But no, regular Spider-Man's there. Yeah. So you, you, you understand what's going on. You, you feel like you belong, you know. Exactly. Is that and I feeling? think... One of the reasons, I, one of the genius things that they did was that the Peter Parker that we got was not the traditional yeah. Peter Parker. They took the Peter Parker character in a new direction, which had uh, touches of familiarity. The, we were like, we'd seen the Spider-Man, we know the Spider-Man, but he's grown up a little bit. Mm-hmm. He And they, they went to some dark places with his character. He had... Gotten through a messy divorce with Mary Jane, yeah, and he was compl- 
completely depressed and yep. just kind of got out of shape and and what didn't really care about being Spider-Man anymore. And then it was the excitement of Miles Morales and Miles Morales wanting to be a superhero that kind of forced Peter Parker mm-hmm. to figure out like remember with great power comes great responsibility. I and, love when he said that he was like don't finish that yeah, line. Don't don't you finish that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> He's just as sick of it as we are. <laughs> I I I love that. And I when when we saw and he said he buried Aunt May mm-hmm. and he di- he got went through a divorce. Clearly, he was still in love with Mary Jane, but uh, he went through a divorce with her because he didn't know if he wanted kids. That is dark <laughs> and that's deep. And I thought it added so much to his character. Mm-hmm. And I thought it. Little moments like that and little bits of character development and little bits of exposition like that really help pave the way for this emotional uh, element to the film. And so when we get to the end of the movie and we have Peter Parker, he's decided, you know what, I'm going to try to make things right with Mary Jane and he has the flowers and he's waiting outside of her. Like, that means something. Yeah. And for for an animated Spider-Man movie that I think a lot of us kind of discounted from the beginning for it to have that level of like emotion to it and depth yeah. and character dimension I I thought they did such a great job and beautiful job with yeah, that especially with it. balancing everything else yeah it was it what it didn't feel like it, even at that point it didn't feel like it wasn't the main thing that was going on but it still had meaning to it yeah which is exactly. kind of a hard thing to do sometimes sometimes you either dedicate like way too much to this like subplot you're going with or sometimes you don't yeah. dedicate enough and it just falls yeah so it's making it like make sure you you, you talk about it during the movie but not too much but not too mm-hmm. little it's a very difficult balancing act and when it's done it, it, it's you, you see why yeah it's it's important to have yeah what were your thoughts on kingpin as the villain of the film um he was cool is he he's like a spider-man it's, yeah he's like a spider-man I, like of course i don't know the He's kind of he's a he's both a daredevil and a Spider-Man villain. He okay. he was introduced. Uh, he first made his appearance in Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and he was a Spider-Man villain for a while. And then they kind of brought him okay. over to Daredevil and used him for Daredevil. Yeah. So he's kind of split his time All between right. both. Okay, so I think he was cool. He was very much like on he was very on the surface level. He seemed very much like yeah, like a one-sided sort of villain like yeah. evil bad guy sort of character yeah kind of one note yeah he's just and he's just he's the big mobster dude and mm-hmm. he was cool he was really cool like that i thought his interactions with uh this reality's version of doc cock yeah i think her his interactions olivia octavius, olivia octavius that was her name i think that re- that was really cool mm-hmm. how like she was she was like sometimes just like doing what he said and then other times she was like telling him how it was yeah. sort of I thought that was cool, and then when uh, you turn, it turns out the whole thing was like his family, and that's what he was trying to do with the multiverse yeah. manipulation machine sort the, of deal. The collider, wasn't it? Called? Yeah, the collider. Yeah, yeah. That I thought that was really interesting, and how like at the end, like that was like the big part of the battle, and like he gets distracted just long enough by the image of his family for Spider Man mm. to you know get the upper hand on him. Yeah, and that's sort of what was like the the turning point of the fight, I would say. Is roughly around there, yeah. So no, that he was, he was a good villain. I'll give yeah. you that. Like, I yeah, I liked him. Um, I loved the size of him. He was very, oh, yeah, he was, was very comic book in nature. <laughs> yeah. The size of the like, character, this, he is massive. I don't know how he got out of that car, but <laughs> no, he was definitely like, 
he he was like shown like his size just like sort of added to him. Yeah, and it was like you, you just and it, it uh, something that comes from it being animated is you can just accept that. Yeah, exactly. It's not this like big like overarching like CGI like trying to look like a real person. Yeah. no, it's just like it. It's animated. You can do those things. Exactly. And that's another thing, like, of them taking advantage of the yeah. animated medium and that you can do things like that and you can get away with it. And it Because you could never see a kingpin of that size. He's depicted of that size to be in, like, the comic books sometimes, mm-hmm. in the cartoons, and now in this animated movie. But you could never do a kingpin of that size in live action. So that's how you're taking advantage of being uh, an animated yeah. film. I feel like you totally could do it, just wouldn't work out as that. Yeah, it it wouldn't work. It, it would it wouldn't translate. It would feel really uncomfortable. Like, why is this man so big? <laughs> <laughs> but well, I was kind of I agree with you that he was kind of one note, and yeah. I felt like he was very one note. And then we got his backstory. Mm-hmm. I felt like the way that they told us his backstory felt forced. It kind of came out of nowhere. The means of which they told us. But I liked that we got it still yeah. because I felt like it really added. Now, his whole connection to his wife, Vanessa, and everything, that's a whole important storyline in the comics. And I, But I felt like it was told in a different way, in a way that works so well for this film. And honestly, when you look at that, it's, so, it's tragic. Yeah. Of He is this New York businessman who is a criminal, and his wife and his son doesn't know he's a criminal. And mm-hmm. and I, I, I just... One of the things I've always liked about Kingpin as a character was how he was this ruthless businessman who was trying to kill everyone and was a mobster, but also loved his family. Yeah. And was a family man. And you have that kind of balance to him. And he'll do anything for his wife and anything for his son while also being a ruthless uh, mobster businessman. And I feel like they kind of captured that, even in these fleeting few shots showing his uh, showing a flashback, they captured that, uh, and I, I I I really appreciated that. Even though I think it was a little bit contrived the way that they told it to us, it just kind of came out of nowhere. But I'm glad we got it because it gave some depth to yeah. his character. And even if it felt a little out of place, it did his job. Like I exactly. definitely just from the few things that we saw, I picked up that he was uh, he felt it was his fault mm-hmm. and instead of acknowledging that no it's spider-man's fault yeah it's spider-man that's wrong here <laughs> so i mean that and that's pr- pretty of a you know a dynamic you know sort of shift from you know one tone sort of character like yeah you get you get now we're getting levels of like why does he hate spider-man why yeah. is he so angry and then i got that you get that just from the little the f- few flashbacks that we saw yeah i do wish that they had spent maybe a little bit more screen time with uh, the Kingpin. Oh, okay. Because uh, it does focus a lot on the heroes, which is kind of, even though this isn't Marvel Studios, that's kind of the Marvel formula, Mm -hmm. is spend all your time with the heroes and just a little bit of time with the villains. And it worked for the movie. The movie is great, but I do wish we had gotten a little bit more screen time and maybe a little bit more character exploration with the Kingpin. Because if he had been given a little bit more time, I feel like maybe he would have been even more rich as a character, and we would have cared about him even more than we already did. Uh, but I mean, the movie's great, and the movie works because we have spent so much time with the heroes, so who knows? That's just kind of a wish of mine. I don't know if you share that sentiment. No, I mean, you did. I don't, obviously, there's probably a lot more to him that mm-hmm. I just don't know about. But I feel like you could probably 
spend a little bit. You'd have you'd have to go deeper. Yeah, you'd probably have to explain. I wish I had examples, but yeah, yeah I mean, you could de- you could have dedicated a little bit more time. I would prefer that you know they just made the movie longer and not removed anything. Obviously, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I could see them giving a little bit more time. I could see a couple points in the movie where you know maybe a break could have existed in between. Yeah. Uh, so, do you have any negatives for uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? Any things that they could have done better? Um. I, honestly, I, I don't know if I, there is anything I would change. Mm-hmm. I'm not very good with being negative. <laughs> that's your job. That's my. That's my. <laughs> that's what I bring to the table. I just. I just watch movies, dudes. <laughs> um. No. I feel like if I if I name anything, it's not going to be very genuine. Like yeah. it's, I feel like I don't want to like go fishing for something. Yeah, there's nothing nothing glaring. I'll give you yeah, that. yeah. I, I'll agree with that. I don't honestly have too many negatives about this movie. Uh, I mean, one thing that might be negative is I do wish we could have spent more time with Kingpin. Could have flushed yeah. him out a little bit more. Um, really, honestly, I don't. The one thing, and this isn't really a negative, mm-hmm. but I loved. Spider-Man Noir, so much. <laughs> and just, not even just the character, but the potential for the character. You could do a whole animated movie just yeah, around t- his character. Yeah, you totally could. And I loved Nick Cage voicing him. I loved the style of it. I that loved, was great. I I wanted to see more of him, and I hope... I know that they're already looking at doing another one, and they're going to focus on Spider-Gwen, and they're going to introduce Spider-Woman and Silk, mm-hmm. uh, a couple other... Uh, yeah. Female, they're going like a like an all female uh, spider uh, woman yep. film, right. which that could be very interesting. I'm very excited about that. I think they're also looking at a few other Spider Verse related movies. I hope that eventually we do get a Spider Man Noir because I think the potential for that is so great, mm-hmm. and you could do within a uh, kid friendly animated movie do a really gritty and kind of dark. Uh, like looking like he was like I he's like I I, I just punch Nazis and, and <laughs> say that it's like you could do so much with that. You could make like a literal film noir yeah. animated movie and especially with the animation, the mm-hmm. style you can do that and what you could bring to it. I think there's so much you could do and you could do like a you could just make it like literally like a like a forties film noir and have like you know, just make it in that style, but make an animated movie with Spider-Man. Yeah. And you could, I mean, if you wanted to, you could go PG-13 on it, or you could keep it PG. I think there's a way you can make it feel dark and gritty without actually being too dark and too gritty for it to be beyond a PG rating. I think there's a way to do it. I hope I hope that they, they explore that option at some point, because I think Spider-Man Noir was one of the biggest highlights of the film that wasn't fully explored. Yeah. I feel like maybe they couldn't have explored him too much because he was more there. I think he was more there to be sort of a contrast yeah. to a, a new because he was the new Spider-Man, but he was very much a character that's meant to be out of his out of his element. Yeah, like like when he was full, he's he's fully black and white everywhere mm-hmm. he goes, which doesn't make sense. Or like he, he sees a Rubik's cube and is genuinely confused by it. Yeah, it's it's sort of breaking like the fourth wall in a way because like. Obviously, like the only reason he he was in black and white is because you know limitations of the time. They yeah. were everyone did we didn't people didn't exist in black and white years ago. Like, mm-hmm. But so he was very much there to be like this sort of you know the 
out of his element sort of character, the comic relief in that sense. Yeah. Being the funny guy without realizing he's being the funny yeah. guy. So A I, different kind of comic. Yeah. So I, I don't... If it was just to be him, I don't know if, like... Would it be the same character? It, I would, would we try to go with that sort of out of, like, genre-breaking sort of character? Mm-hmm. Or, like, make him more, like, when he's in his own element, this is who he actually is? See, I the way I would handle it is I don't think you would go in the root of Fish Out of Water. Yeah, yeah. I think you completely embrace the genre of mm-hmm. it. And I think you play on the conventions of the genre. Um, that would be how I would approach it okay. myself. All in black and white. Um, yes, I think you go full black and white. I Now, maybe th- there might not be a way to market this that yeah. like, people would actually be interested. You know what would be interesting is if they did a Spider-Verse anthology film where they didn't necessarily cross them over. Maybe they did on a minor level, but you had like maybe a 30-minute section of Spider-Man Noir and a 30-minute section of Spider-Gwen and Miles Morales and a 30-minute section of... Um, but you, I don't know if you would do Spider Ham as his own. I was waiting for you to say. I was waiting for you to say thirty minutes of Spider Ham, and I was like, "Is that? Re- are you? I don't think you could do. Do, you, s- do we? Do we have the mental capacity to no. handle that? Maybe ten minutes. <laughs> Maybe you could do an intermission, and he just pops up for like ten minutes. And <laughs> oh, but, that'd be great. Yeah. He just jumps up on screen and is like, "It's my turn." And yeah. then he. Oh, that'd be great. I have no idea how you could market it, but I would love to see Spider Man Noir film and in, in animated with Nick Cage voicing all that. I think that would be. Incredible. I don't know how you would market it. I don't know how you get anyone to go see it. You guys, you guys you like could. Spider-Verse? You'll like this one, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> so one of our viewers uh, wrote in and asked that we talk about the Stan Lee cameo, which is something I did want to bring up. Oh, yeah. I don't know how it was for you, but for me, when Stan Lee popped up, uh, animated, of course, hearing his voice, I felt very emotional. Yeah, I, I knew going into this, I was like, oh boy. Because this is the first like Marvel-esque movie to come out yeah. since, right? Yes. So I was like, oh, oh, this is the movie that's going to have to be the one. Yeah. And I I imagine, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I thought it was good. I thought it was like very just, obviously it was very fitting because it wasn't, like no one knew, it, the context wasn't there. But like for just, I think for everyone, it was just. I think it was a good one to be the first one. Yeah, yeah. and then it was just it was, it was just being cool. And yeah. It was good. Yeah, it was it was very. I mean, was the actual cameo itself anything remarkable? No, it's pretty much everything we've seen. But it was it was more what it meant to yeah. have him. Yeah, it was totally yeah. in context. It was it, most of the reason that this one will stick out amongst other ones is I think purely because of context. Yeah. So, and I think it's good that we had a, a good one, as if there weren't good ones. But, like, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah, it was it was hard to hear his voice. Like, I, I, I definitely really felt it when I heard his voice and and knowing. And I, and I will say I loved, because this year we lost both Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, who were both the creators of Spider-Man. Uh, Steve Ditko did all, like, drew... The first 30 or so issues of The uh, Amazing Spider-Man, he helped create the character. Uh, he also created Doctor Strange, helped create Doctor oh, Strange. Really? Wow. Uh, those were the two. Doctor Strange and Spider-Man were the two things Steve Ditko was most known for. And this year, earlier this year, we lost Steve Ditko. And then we, of course, just lost Stan Lee about a month ago. Yeah. And so it was really beautiful to have the film end with it saying, In loving memory of Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, who... Ta- who 
well, what did it say? It said, who taught us we aren't the only ones, or something. It was something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, it kind of fit in with the general theme of the movie with uh, anyone can be a hero. Yeah. It was like, you. I think that, and that sort of is referencing, like, Peter Parker isn't the only one that can be Spider-Man. Exactly. Anyone can, you know, don, you know, can put on the mask. And the Miles Morales says as much yeah, at the very end of the his, movie. That's his whole thing. It's I think that the whole thing is like, look, there's this here's this character. 90% of you don't know who he is, mm-hmm. but he's Spider-Man. Like trust us. Yeah. He's Spider-Man. <laughs> and we're going to convince you by the end of this movie that he is Spider-Man and he's worthy of being Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. And also the uh the Stan Lee cameo is sort of a is it, it leads into, like, a, the running joke where, like, every time you see him from behind, like, it, mm-hmm. his suit doesn't fit. Yeah. Which is, a, if you picked up on it, it's a metaphor. Because <laughs> it didn't quite, you know, clothes fitting. You know, that's yeah. a thing, that's a symbol that everyone has used in their <laughs> life. But it, it, and it sort of, it fits. Yeah. And it was there the entire movie. It was cool. Yeah. Um, so, as we bring the discussion to a close... Matt, what would you say are your final thoughts? And if you want to give the movie... You don't have to give the movie a rating if you don't want to. But if you want to give it a rating, what would you give it? 4.9. 4.9. Out of 5. Always room for improvement. Um, (laughs) I think every single movie we have done a video for, you've given a 4.9 out of 5. Still room for improvement. I mean... Yeah. Um, You only see the best movies. I only see the the best movies. Well, that's the thing. You personally curate movies for me. Except for Venom. But, um... <laughs> I had to bring it in somewhere. Uh, I was going to bring it up if you didn't bring it up. Yeah, I don't think that one's getting a 4.9 from me. Uh, one. Room for a lot of improvement. Um, a lot of improvement. Um, <laughs> a lot of improvement. Oh, you asked me, me a question that I'm trying to answer, but I can't. Um, no, it was great. I loved it. Yeah. It, it had, like I said, it had the feeling of, like, in the first few minutes of the movie, I'm like, I'm going to love this. And yeah, uh, definitely. No, it was great. And also like, I related it to Scott Pilgrim where it's like, you got the onomatopoeia and like the yeah. words and like all that. I've always, I always love that stuff. I'm always like, if you're going to, if you're going to use a med, if you're going to take a medium, whether that's like just film or like animation, like use it to its fullest extent. Yeah. Cause I, I, so when I actually see people like, using the fact that you have these visuals and going as far as they can with the limitations. I always love that in movies and that kind of like enforces like what movies I consider my favorite. So this is definitely up there. Yeah. I'd say my final thoughts on the film are that I love this movie. Um, as a lifelong Spider-Man fan and as a lifelong comic book fan, uh, I loved watching a movie where it was so abundantly clear that the people who made the movie mm-hmm. share that love for the character that yeah. I do. Um, it's written all over this movie. Uh, and in terms of how I would rank it compared to other Spider-Man movies, I think I think it's my second favorite Spider-Man movie. Uh, I think Spider-Man 2 is still the mm. best. And I think it's going to take a lot for another Spider-Man, at least in my opinion, for another Spider-Man movie to top Spider-Man 2. But I thought this movie was brilliant. I thought it handled everything. It balanced all of its moving parts so perfectly. Mm-hmm. It struck a perfect tone to allow something like Spider-Man Noir to exist in yeah. the same vein as Spider-Ham, in the same vein as the post credit scene. The fact that you can have all these different <laughs> par- things yeah. exist in the same movie and not feel inconsistent. Uh, yeah, like, is it? I, love, <laughs> I love how they uh, they made it seem like, oh, what's this? Oh, he's going to the future. 
he's going in the past. What is this? Yeah. And then they're like, psych. It felt like a very, like, straightforward, standard post credit scene. Yeah, because it's, it's like, like, oh, it's introducing the next character, yeah, which right. is Spider-Man 2099. And then, and then it turns into a meme. And it's like, it's a departure. And it's a jump. But it doesn't feel inconsistent. Yeah. And so I, I think that's the biggest takeaway for me about this film. Is that it established the right tone so that they could literally do... All of these different things that completely varied and differed from each other and felt all over the place, but it never felt inconsistent with yeah. that tone that they established. Um, so I would give the film a 4.45 out of 5, because I could not decide between a 4.4 and a 4.5. 4.5.25. Yes, yeah, exactly. Something in there. Uh, yes. calculator. Um, yeah. So that has been our spoiler discussion of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Once again, I'm your host, Nathaniel Molnar, uh, and I'd like to thank Matt Smith for being here. Oh, Thanks for joining us for this discussion. Oh, you're, you're more than welcome. <laughs> I enjoy uh, being here. Yes. Uh, make sure to like, comment, subscribe for more content. If you would like a spoiler-free review of the film, that is up on the channel. You can check that out there. And make sure to follow us on all of our various social medias at Paradise 99 Thanks so much.